Hello, everybody, and welcome to Fast Charge, the weekly podcast from the team at Tech Advisor. I am your host, Dom, and I am joined this week by Toddy and Hannah. Hello. This is our first Fast Charge in a while. It's my first charge in absolutely ages because I missed all of December. So the last time I was here was for the Black Friday episode. Then I swanned off to sunny Hawaii for two weeks, uh, which turned out to be tropical, cyclone-y, blizzardy Hawaii, uh, less less sunny than I'd hoped, uh, and left my podcasting duties to, uh, to Toddy and Lewis. Uh, but it was good to be back between that and the Christmas break. It feels like it's been a, a really long time doing the show. Uh, Toddy, how'd it go in my absence? Did everything fall apart, as I would hope? Uh, I wouldn't say anything fell apart. I think we were broken. But that was more because of Black Friday. So, yeah, I think the stream uh-huh. itself went well. The show went well. I think everyone enjoyed uh-huh. it. So, yeah, it was all good on that front. It was more like, yeah, we were just trying to... We needed the Christmas break to put ourselves back together. So we're back now. <laughs> Everyone's had a bit of a... Everyone had a collective mental breakdown yeah, yeah, on stream. Yeah. <laughs> then we, you know, we, we recovered with mince pies and chocolate uh-huh, and turkey. Uh-huh. And we feel good again. So it's fine. I'm glad to Healing. It. <laughs> <laughs> so, normally... We get a nice little break over Christmas because the tech industry just kind of chills out yeah. other than Xiaomi, which does a flagship. And it always does. And that's fine. Um, not this year where everyone just decided to, I don't know, keep launching stuff while we weren't working. Uh, and then it's CES and, and CES is a busy week for everyone in tech, but not phones. No one really launches phones at CES. Not very many. Except this year, of course. <laughs> Uh, where not only have we had multiple CES phone launches, um, by my count, there are at least 15 phones that launched at CES. (laughs) Though, having said that, 13 of those come from TCL and Nokia. So, you know, that even is out a little bit. But then we've also had other phones launching this week from Vivo and Realme, and we can talk about Realme properly later. Uh, So there's loads, loads and loads and loads. So... First up, I just wanted to say we are not going to talk about every single phone that has launched since we last did an episode. We're not even going to talk in a big way about the Xiaomi 12. We kind of talked about it and we decided we're going to save that for when there's the kind of the big global launch and we'll get to talk about it in proper detail again. Um, So today we are going to focus on the biggest new phones from this week, the stuff that's pretty new. Uh, So that means the Samsung Galaxy S21 FE, which uh, has finally broken cover after one of the longest launch cycles in living memory. Uh, This was a phone that comprehensively leaked four or five months ago. You know, like full spec sheets, complete renders, even pricing like four months ago. We've just been waiting for Samsung to pull the trigger. Uh, They finally have, so we'll talk about that. Then we're going to turn to the OnePlus 10 Pro. Um, This is a weird one. OnePlus have revealed the design of the 10 Pro. The other day they revealed a pretty complete spec sheet. Um, And we're getting a Chinese launch next week, uh, where I guess we'll find out pricing for China at least. Um, But this is odd because it's a Chinese launch rather than a global one, which isn't the usual OnePlus MO. And we've only heard about the 10 Pro, no other OnePlus 10 series phones, which means there may be no other OnePlus 10 series phones. So we're going to pick all that apart later on. Uh, And then finally, we're going to turn to Realme with the Realme GT2 series. Um, This is one of those launches that kept getting teased and Realme kept announcing launch events, and then you'd get to the day, and it turned out to not be event at all. They just, I don't know, asked some fans in China to camp out overnight, and one of them saw the GT2 Pro at a distance, and then they announced that on Weibo. Pretty um, much. But they have actually announced the phones now. Uh, and to our surprise, there's actually two. There is a Realme GT2, 
as opposed to the two pro we knew all about the pro but they hadn't really mentioned the two but there is one so we're going to talk about both of those phones as well before that i am going to run through you know all the other bits and bobs from not just the last week but also kind of the week and a bit before that means this news section is going to be a little bit longer than normal because there is quite a lot but i'm going to try my hardest to sort of whiz through some of this uh, and not dwell on it for too long um so the big one we have to get out of the way is obviously the xiaomi 12 um, this was launched in China on December 28th, so just after Christmas. Uh, there are three phones. There's the Xiaomi 12, the 12 Pro, and the 12X. Um, they are getting, well, at least some of them are going to get a global launch, you know, meaning Europe and the rest of Asia. We don't know when yet. I would put a s small amount of money down on that being MWC, or at least the dates MWC is currently set to take place on, um, but we don't know. This is... Obviously an interesting one because it's got the Snapdragon 8 Gen 1. I think more interesting than that is the kind of the range and the sizing they've picked for these phones. Because the most exciting bit about this all is, for me at least, Maybe. is the Xiaomi 12 has a, I think, 6.2 inch display or something in that, in that area. Um, and then the Pro is the big kind of 6.7, 6.8 inch display monster. Um, and the 12X, which leaks told us was the small phone, it's the same size as the 12. It's just got um, slightly different processor and it doesn't have wireless charging and, and stuff like that. Um, it's an interesting move. I think it, it does look a little bit like they're taking a leaf out of Samsung's book because it now puts the 12 at roughly the same size as the S21 and, and probably the S22. I guess it is bigger, but the timing is is odd considering like Apple famously like re produced the mini, mm. had already committed to the thirteen mini, like had yeah. the twelve mini, thirteen mini, and then like is supposedly not doing a fourteen mini because it didn't sell well, which we know and, like publicly. and Google's just moved away from small pixels yeah. to now only do like enormous pixels. Yeah, um, yeah it, it's, it's this odd. It, it feels like the whole industry is out of step with itself over whether small phones are, are in or not. And some they're brands do sad. them, and then other brands are like, oh, we're going to do that. But by the time they get to doing it, the first brands have already said, ah, oh, it didn't work, we're done with small phones. Uh, well, Hannah, is your is the phone you're using the Zenfone because it's small? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, so, yeah, yeah that's, why, that's why I like it. Because, I mean, just yeah. from a practicality point of view, I have quite small hands. And, uh, and like, women's jeans pockets as well, big True. phones you've got half of them sticking out when you're walking walking well, about. Like, I mean, it's just not practical. Not to bang on the same drum I bang on literally every week, but <laughs> this is why I love the Z Flip 3. Because <laughs> <laughs> it folds in half and then it's so compact and lovely. Cool. Uh, but yeah, no, it's, 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 it's really nice to see a Xiaomi 12 uh, coming in a compact-ish form factor. I like the design um, too. The I like the design like quite the, a lot. Yeah, it. I was a bit. A lot of the leaks about the camera module looked really ugly, but the yeah. final thing they've put out, I think, looks really, really nice. Um, I like the look of the phones a lot. Um, should be solid specs. If I mean, I loved the Mi 11. I honestly, my main knock against the Mi 11, other than Xiaomi software, was the size. And yeah. now they've changed the size, so it looks like this could be the sort of the the slab phone. I I think I might end up loving the most this year. Cool. Uh, what else we got? The Xiaomi has also announced today, I think today or yesterday, an India-exclusive phone called the Xiaomi 11i Hypercharge. And oh, I think there's a Pro name. model as well. Um, <laughs> I think this is just one of those rebrands. I think these are some of the... It's like a, one of the Redmi Note 10 Pro something. Some some combination of Redmi and 10, and there's a Pro in there. But it's... You know, I can't keep track of Xiaomi's product lines, I'm going to be honest. Um 
but this is a rebranded Chinese phone. The gimmick is, or the cell is, it's got 120 watt charging on the Pro model. So this is the, they, they've built it as the fastest charging phone in the Indian market. Um, but yeah, another little jamming one. I think from the look of the way they've branded it and the, the release strategy, I'm guessing this is not hitting Europe as well. I think this will probably end up just being uh, sort of India, especially it is a little odd just after announcing the 12 to then release a new phone branded within the 11 series. I mean, it's not like Xiaomi is afraid of mixing up its names a lot. No. So I guess this is quite like par for the course in that regard. But yeah, when Samsung did it as well with like the the phones we saw at CES when we last went, what, two years ago now? And they were last mm. year's names on this year's models. Yep. Yeah, I think it's a mess, but uh, well, they, they seem confident, so... And they're not the only ones, of course. I mean, we'll talk about the S21 FE, but it is coming out just probably weeks or like a month or two before we get the S22 phones. Um, and actually, the next thing I want to talk about is the exact same thing. Uh, OnePlus, we're going to talk about the 10 Pro later, but they have also finally confirmed that India is getting the OnePlus 9RT, uh, which is launching in India next week. In the same week that they launched the 10 Pro in China, they're launching the new 9 series in India. Of course, it's not a new one because it launched in China months ago. Uh, and we look like we're not getting a 10R. So this is the 10R that you're going to get With because the they've just gotten their mind. whole timing muddled up. And it's also, uh, yeah, I can only assume a lot of it is just delay, like excess yeah, delay. It's got to be. And I, you know, I rag the brands yeah. for it, but it's, it's COVID stuff and it's chip shortage stuff. And it's, I'm sure a lot of it is out of their hands. But knowing like OnePlus's community, especially in India, and how like aware and passionate they tend to be, they're going to be fully aware of when the 10, is, 10 Pro is coming out. So yeah, that's going to be a tough for the 90 to be a big seller, except for I presume price point is going to be better. Yeah, I mean, it'll be much more aggressively priced. And to be fair, the fact that it looks like we're getting a 10 Pro, but not a 10 and not a 10R means it won't have another new one in that kind of price band to, to compete with. Uh, okay, what else? Yeah, one of the other big announcements over December um, was the Huawei P50 Pocket, which is the kind of surprising rebrand of what well, rebrand of a phone that we thought was going to be called. I think it was the Mate V was the name that all the yeah. leaks had gone for. There was even um, a company that registered like the name in Germany, which they'd registered previous Huawei product names right. as well. Yeah. So like it made sense that it was going to be called the Mate V. Uh, but no, it is in the P line, P50 Pocket. I don't even think it really shares many specs with the other P50s. No. I mean, other I than kind of... The chip. The chip, it's got the... Is it the, it's the 888, the 4G, 4G version of? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so it, it's fairly high-end. I, I mean, uh, this is a, a clamshell, so it's a Z Flip-style foldable from Huawei. Um, I mean, it's China only, at least for now, probably forever. So we haven't gotten our hands on one. It looks lovely. I think Huawei's other big foldables have all been phenomenal hardware, uh, just let down by very premium pricing and obviously all those software problems that they have. Um, I guess this might end up falling into roughly the same bucket as that. The software is what it is. Um, but this looks like on paper stronger hardware than Samsung's in the clamshell yeah. space. At least like say the camera is stronger. I mean, the camera's weird, isn't it? It's got that weird feature, which I don't think I've ever heard of. I can't remember what they call it. It's like the ultra-spectrum camera system. But yes, a, I was. I didn't know what that meant, <laughs> I'm so going to be honest. It has a little, like, the, the flash on the front when you have it closed, 
Uh, you can use it as a mirror, and the little viewfinder, that the little cover screen can act as a mirror with the main cameras, but it can also shine, I don't know if it's UV light or something, at your face, and then show you your face with the UV illumination on, and the special camera can pick that up. And so it can, what their example is, it can show you if you haven't covered sunscreen on your face evenly, or makeup, if you have makeup patches that are missing, or or like too much in one place, or you try to remove it and there's still makeup on your face, or sunscreen that isn't there where it should be. Okay. This is the feature. It's like a whole part of their marketing for this is this one really specific, very weird feature. I mean, like the mirror I get because like that was on like the old, the old flip phone, wasn't sense. it? Like that, that was the mm. thing. That's fine. But yeah, I mean, UV. <laughs> as someone who wears makeup all the time, this would make me very, very paranoid. <laughs> just like <laughs> if I had one, like, just constantly here. be having it on. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just be like, very weird. Yeah. But, yeah. Odd idea. Okay. Uh, it's new. <laughs> cool, <laughs> cool. Thanks, Huawei. Uh, yeah. Honor, uh, moving, moving swiftly on, we have another foldable to talk about because Honor formerly of Huawei fame, uh, is also now getting into the foldable game um, with the Honor Magic V, which may tell you something about why the Huawei Mate V maybe. ended up oh, not yeah. being the name that was used. Uh, or maybe it's the other way around. Huawei cleared off Mate V and Honor went, well, hey, we're in there. We're taking the V. Um, anyway, the Honor Magic V is launching in China next week on Monday the 10th, I believe. Um, this is going to be a book-style foldable rather than a clamshell. Uh, we know it's going to use, well, from leaks, we know it's going to use the Snapdragon 8 Gen 1. I don't think that's been announced, but I think it's pretty pretty likely from what we've seen. Um, we don't really know too much else specs-wise. It's, it's mostly gone under the radar, and Honor hasn't revealed too much other than a few glimpses of, of the design. But we know we're getting a book-style foldable from Honor, um, they're predictably bullish and say it's going to be the best foldable yet and all of that kind of thing. Um, but, you know, yeah, we'll see. But it, you know, could run Google, uh, well, should run Google, whether it launches outside of China ever is another question because Honor is still a bit up and down on, on that side of things. Uh, what else? Vivo has launched so the V23 <laughs> and V23 Pro uh, in India, but they are also coming to other bits of Asia and they promise Europe eventually. Uh, these are another pair of phones that are rebranded. These were the, I think it's the S12 and the S12 Pro in China. Um, and now they've pinged them over to the V line, which uh, Alex in the comments said is V for victory. Um, although maybe that was about the uh, the foldables, so it could apply to both. Um, for Vivo, V is for selfies. I don't know how to make sense of that. But v is their selfie-focused line. Uh these are a funny one because the, the V21 last year, the big pitch was it was the first phone to have OIS on its selfie camera, which for me felt like I didn't test it, but on paper sounded like a, a really big step up for a selfie camera and, and made a lot of sense uh, to take its crown. The big push for the V23 phones is that they have like, you know, world first like, groundbreaking dual selfie cameras because there's a main one and an ultra wide. And we have seen that before. Yeah. Um, the OIS is gone. There's no OIS here. Um, it's just that you're getting... It, to be fair, the main lens is a 50 megapixel one, and it could be good megapixels and everything, but that is pretty high for a selfie camera. Hopefully it means it's a good camera in there. Then it's just an 8 megapixel ultra-wide thrown in, which we have seen before, and honestly is going out of fashion. So I'm a little thrown by this one. Um, but two more Vivos, they look very nice. Um, I actually have them both here. I haven't had a chance to really test them, though. Uh, but this is the Pro in what they call Sunshine Gold. Um, I like that colour. Mm. It's nice. It's, Awful it's, yellow tech. It's, it's what they call colour changing. 
in the sense if you get it in just the right light it looks a bit blue and i'm trying and the light here is clearly not going to do it um i think I, hcc I, still wins for the color changing with their like that i think it was the 11 or 12 series had that like crazy mm. like solar red that went like yellow orange in the light it was amazing Ooh. well what about that e-ink car at ces this week oh, how long can we yeah. see that on a phone ix yeah Flow. But- I saw somebody say that that's the perfect car for a getaway driver. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, technically, we have seen that on a phone because OnePlus did that weird concept, I think, last CES, which had the back that had the kind of color changing thing. Mm, it was like the yep. follow on from the McLaren phone with the, the photochromic and, lens. And we cover. never saw more of that. Yeah. No, no I'm, I'm here for it, though. If they release phones like that, I'd play with one for sure. Yeah. Um, the only other oddity I want to talk about on the Vivos is this strange design thing between the two phones, which is that the Pro model has a curved front and curved body and looks like pretty standard kind of slightly curved slab phone. Um, The non-Pro model has straight edge sides and with the gold finish and the straight sides, it is very, very, very iPhone. Uh, And it's really (laughs) striking. Yeah, I, I wish I had it oh, to hand yeah. to, to compare and show on camera, but it's tucked away in my bag somewhere. Um, it really is outrageously iPhone-y, the wow. non-pro model. And it's funny that they're so different um, in design. They've got the same colors and everything, but just the whole chassis is a totally different shape. It sounds like the it's, pro is going after Samsung, and then the standard is going yes. after Apple. <laughs> exactly, yeah, yeah, yeah. Amazing. Uh, the pro is designed to take out Samsung and like Xiaomi and Oppo, and then this one is designed to win over iPhone users. Um, yeah. Best of luck to them. I really like... Uh, Vivo phones a lot of the time. I, I love the V20, which was a couple of years ago, but I thought that was a great phone. Mm. Um, so I'm keen to spend more time with these ones. Uh, what else? TCL. TCL announced phones at CES. Mad I honestly people. can't Mad. tell you anything about these phones because there are too many of them. Um, they are the TCL 30 series, but according to, to Chris on the team, TCL announced eight of them. Um, and I'm going to be honest, I just don't want to know. I don't want to know about that. <laughs> I'm not involved. It's I mean, not I my can, problem. I can, at a guess, give you a basic summary of TCL phones, which is they will all talk about the, the display technology first and foremost. Mm-hmm. There'll be some, the 5G ones will have decent specs, but they'll probably fall short of the mark. Uh, the cameras, mm-hmm. there'll be about three cameras on the back of each one. Some will have four. They'll mainly be horizontal across the back. Mm-hmm. And yeah, the cheaper ones will be the bigger screen ones, minus maybe one high-end one. That is pretty much how they've done it for the past two years. They went up. They went a bit mad. TCL, like because like, I was covering because <laughs> I was covering like the TV stuff, and like so I sat through the briefing, and like yeah, they they did a laptop, didn't they? And, oh yeah, like, yeah, they've they also did... got laptops now. A load of tablets yeah. too. Three or four yeah, tablets, tablets got announced or something. Yeah. Yeah, but they just kept going and going. <laughs> like oh my god. <laughs> it's kind of funny for a company that wasn't in that space at all two or three years ago. It was only a couple CESs ago they kind of announced the first TCL-branded Android phones for the Western market and that kind of thing. And now, yeah, they're just throwing phones out there. But I'm like, is this is this based on existing success or are they still trying to find their feet I in the market know. and they're just doing a scattergun and seeing what sticks? Is that what this is? Because this is... I mean, that's a lot of phones in one game. I've never seen anyone using a TCL phone in the wild, in the UK at least. No. Um... So I'm a little skeptical that they're taking off, but who knows? Best of luck to them. Um, along a similar vein, Nokia, HMD Nokia, announced five phones at CES. Um, all US exclusives, I believe. Uh, one of them is a feature phone, four of them are smartphones, and they are all sub $250. So if you know anything about the current crop of Nokia phones, I'm sure you can make a good guess what a load of sub $250 Nokia phones are going to be like. 
<laughs> but their yeah. their whole pitch is not really about the products it's about them pushing into the us that's how they were telling yeah. it to like the press anyway and they need to and mm. i get it yeah yeah so yep. cheap is good because they know they don't have to like worry about carrier partnerships and stuff they can just sell these straight out mm-hmm. off their own backs and hopefully yep. make some sales and get the brand back out there and to be fair in the us market where you don't have all the xiaomi and oppo and realme stuff these will probably be among the better cheap phones in the market like i would generally lead people away from the cheap nokias in the uk but in the us it's basically going to be these and the motorola's so i think they stand a much better chance and and genuinely they might be among the best phones you can buy for 200 bucks um but we will see uh, and then the final final phone launches my god um also yeah. vivo ones i could have really tied these in but vivo has launched the iq 9 and 9 pro um these are more sort of iq is a gaming-ish sub-brands. There's another two premium e-gaming phones. I think they're both 8 Gen 1 using. Um, certainly at least the Pro model is. I think they both are. Um, I'm going to be honest, I didn't look at these two phones too closely because I knew they were not going to make the cut for our main three topics because too many phones. <laughs> you did an amazing job summarizing everything that's happened since, what, December 20th? It's not even that long ago. December 20th? I know. This is it. This is a two-week period and the market has just been flooded. And I, I kind of get it because, of course, you know, outside of the, the Europe and, and the US, the, the Christmas period is nothing, you know, particularly important. Uh, and so people won't hesitate to launch stuff over that time. But it's still a bit daunting when you're sitting there not working. And every time you check Twitter, you're like, oh, that's another phone launched. I'm going to have to catch up on in January. Oh, there's another one. And, you know, I went up to get a drink and I came back and Huawei's announced another two phones. And you're just sort of like, oh, I can't keep up. Um, anyway, let's move on to actual stuff we want to talk about properly today. So let's start with Samsung. The Galaxy S21 FE was announced finally at CES, as we'd kind of thought it might be. Um, one of the CES announcements that was technically a pre-CES announcement because it came out two days before the show kicks off, uh, but that's neither here nor there. It is going on sale next week on January the 11th, which I think is Tuesday. And prices start from £699 or dollars, and I think it's €749. Euros. Um, this is much to the S21 line as the S20 FE was to the S20 line. You know, they, It is consistent with what they did before, which is to say the design is broadly what you're going to recognise from the S21s. Um, it's got that same corner camera setup. Um, and it's got bits of the specs that are borrowed, but everything's just like a little bit worse than it was on <laughs> on the main flagship, such that they can justify the phone being a hundred bucks, a hundred pounds cheaper. Um, the problem is that that worked okay with the S20 FE, which launched, I want to say six, seven months after yep. the S20s. It was something mm-hmm. like that. By the time it came out, I remember us being like, this is pretty good, but there were definitely some better value offerings out there, like the OnePlus model that was out at the time and that kind of thing. But still, we were broadly like, we like this phone. But it had this problem where it was a bit like, but you could probably buy an S20 for around the same price, yeah. given that it you know gone down a little bit over six months. This phone is coming out 11 months mm. after the S21, and like, not only can you buy an S21 for the same price as this, 
you could buy an S21 for less than this. Mm. Like, it is not cheaper than the S21 F anymore. It's cheaper than what it was 11 months ago, but that's not how much an S21 costs now. Especially if you're open to buying refurbished or something. You know, you, you can get something way cheaper than the S21 FE. I think, um, so I think I was actually on the podcast. I was going to say, about. yeah. I yeah, yeah, yeah. Me and, and Lewis um, were trying to pitch you the Pixel 5, the yes, S20 FE this. and something else. To like and it was the OnePlus, I, I guess the... 18? Yeah, probably yeah. the 8T, given the yeah. timing. Yeah. Must have been, yeah. And I remember one of the things that uh, sort of stood out to me from the previous generation FE was the fact that they had these like bright colours out there that were really different mm. from the main line. And this just doesn't have it. And I'm like, I don't get why. I, they, they've gone with the exact same colours. Is that right? Very muted that's on, this year. Yeah, and it's just like, it's it's just, um yeah, it's like a, it seems like, you know, like you say, the pricing doesn't make sense because of the release date. And also yeah. the design just isn't, it, there isn't anything that makes it stand out in any other way. Like at the very least, the colour will, you know, if you're just looking and not mm. looking at specs, then think, you'd be like, oh, a red phone. Like, the you know, like, the yeah. colours are a little different. They're not punchy like last year's were. Um, yeah. They are more pastely. I mean, there's white and a black, they call it graphite, and then uh, olive and lavender. So the two coloured ones are definitely a bit more muted. Um, what I will say is I like the look. They've got the same aesthetic Samsung has used for like, some of the recent A phones, yeah. where the camera cutout is the same colour as the rest of the phone. Um, and it looks like we're actually going to see that in the S22 series based on leaks, maybe, which I'm really looking forward to. Because when they started doing that in the iPhones, I said, oh, now this looks way better than what they're doing on the flagship. So yeah, I'm actually glad to see that purple, here. But the S21 yeah. was like their flagship colorway. I was like, ooh, I don't know. I did not like it. The one to lead with, guys. Yeah. I think the solid color here works a lot better. You know, I think the purple one and the green one here. I don't think the shades are exactly what I would go for, but the the, the way they've done it with the, the camera, I think looks looks great. And in that sense, I like the look of these a lot. Um, it is worth saying the one, the other thing that this this may win some people over on is size, because it's doing that kind of Goldilocks thing, which is in screen size. I think it's six point four inches, which sits it pretty much in between the S twenty one and the S twenty one plus. So if you happen to think the S twenty one is maybe a little small, but the plus is beginning to feel like an enormous phone. This does perfectly throw itself down down the middle of those two, um, which I guess helps because it means you can line the four up and you now have four S21 models all with different screen sizes, which yeah. means you must be able to find the one that is right for you unless you want a really small phone. The, uh, Alex is asking in the chat about, presumably it's the chip shortage that, like with so many other devices, caused the delay of this. That's the assumption I mean, right, that we're going with? Obviously Samsung aren't saying. No. You know, they're not going to say, go up on stage and say, here's the S20 we saw it so late, we got screwed over by the industry. <laughs> it's our manufacturer's fault, blame them. Um, but yeah, probably. There, there, was a, there was a report a while ago basically saying that they'd been aiming for an October launch. Um, and then I think this report came out in August, kind of saying they weren't going to hit the launch, everything had been delayed, they were having massive manufacturing problems. Um, and that, yeah, chip shortage was fundamentally it. Uh, Samsung basically denied everything. Um, it, it was a it was a mixture of denying denying specific points and no commenting a lot of the rest. Sure. Um, mm. To sort of skirt around what they would or wouldn't admit. But yeah, I mean, reading between the lines, chip shortage is the problem. This phone, as I mentioned earlier, it's been leaked completely since around September, October time. So I think this is a phone that was ready to go in terms of design, R&D, 
marketing and everything and then they just couldn't make enough of them um there were also some reports that it was actually exynos that was the problem and that they were getting really low yields on the exynos manufacturer and with us having to do more snapdragon models um and that this is part of the delay and they were trying to figure out how to strike that balance and how to get enough snapdragon 888s in to make up for the shortfall in their exynos uh, 2100 i think production um Again, this is all just based on reports and rumors and, and industry gossip, basically. But yeah, I think they should have. I, I don't. I, I quite like the phone. My main uh, pain point is the price. I think yeah. they should have made this a loss leader, made it weirdly cheap, but then tried to sold like all the units totally. they have because yeah. you know. And with the color selection, yes, it's not as good as the S twenty FE range for sure. I would agree there, Hannah. But um, yeah, I think they should have just cut their losses, expect a loss financially, but then like people would talk about a phone that is good and cheap from Samsung because they... Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And and also because... I mean, so, so my take on it is that this, with the delays, I reckon they set the price five months ago yeah. and just yeah. someone somewhere refused to change it. And, you know, they figured out what, what the line was and they stuck with it. And it's sort of this price might have made more sense in an October phone for sure in a January phone just the industry has moved on enough that this price for those specs stops looking quite so right um yeah. and one of the biggest problems they have certainly for the US is the Pixel 6 came along and for 100 bucks less than this you can get Google's flagship and i don't know other than someone looking at the Pixel 6 and saying that mu- that thing is ugly um, which is honestly where I sit. Other than that, I don't know really why you'd go for this one o- o- over the Pixel, um, except the telephoto camera, maybe. But if they'd hit the yeah. same price point, they could have a really compelling line where they could be like, hey, look, this is a $599 phone. It looks better than the Pixel. It's got three cameras rather than two. Um, you know, buy this one. Mm-hmm. And honestly, at the same price as the Pixel 6, this looks like a really compelling offer. A great shout. I can only imagine the backdoor conversations going on because obviously, like, they can't move the date for the S22. Like, that's going to take, you know, priority. Well, so it's just like, you know... Some speculation said the S22 was meant to be January and right. has been d- pushed back a month or two to give some breathing room between this and that. It's still not enough, is but it, really? Not by a lot. They're not going to delay yeah. that by six months to, to yeah. give clearance, obviously. Um, yeah, it, it's it's a bit messy the way they they've they've had these two run together. It's so funny because I remember when the S twenty FE came out, we all joked about how it's so weird because it's six months after the S twenty phone. It's so are. late to be launching a phone with the S twenty branding. Like a year uh, later, and here we are, it's almost twice the gap. And yeah. they, I remember being like, they're going to get it better next time around. Surely we'll see what they mean because next time the S twenty one FE will launch like three months after the S twenty ones, and and that'll make sense. Uh, no. That is that is not where we are. Uh, so yeah, I I think uh, pros and cons here. I, I think a lot of it's going to come down to camera performance. This looks like it's the same main lens as the S twenty one, based on the specs Samsung has shared. They, Samsung tends not give really detailed specs, uh, including on cameras. It's just someone's playing a little bit of guesswork. But on paper, the specs here look the same as the S twenty one's main lens specs. Um, it's just the the wide angle and the telephoto are different. So this could have a very good main camera. And then the question is, how good are the ultra-wide and the telephoto? Because that telephoto is... If that's the main reason to say, get this over the Pixel, then it better be good. 
right? Yeah, it better I am, deliver. I am, I am hopeful. I think the resolution is lower than the telephoto on the S21 standard, but it's that three times optical here. It is an actual optical zoom. It's yes. an actual optical zoom, whereas what we worked out, was it like 1.1 1. 1. 1. 1 or something like that? 1. Yeah, 0. magnification. 5, I don't know, yeah. So yeah, be curious to side-by-side S21's telephoto and the FEs, because I, I wouldn't, I mean, depending on the sensor they've used, maybe the gap won't be that big for that. Mm. Maybe better in some areas, like in, yeah. when you push in more. The FE might have the edge there because of that optical zoom. Exactly. So yeah, yeah. interesting. Weird. So it may live, live or die a little bit based on the telephoto lens uh, specifically. Which is a weird which thing. Is a, <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, I know. I mean, uh, there are, there must be a market of people who just shop for that, but sure. like, I, can't, I don't know how big it must be. And I don't know that they're the FE audience because the, oh, one of the other funny things about the FE thing is that FE stands for fan edition. Um, but with the way they brand them and, and the colours they choose and stuff like that, it's very, very clear that this is not meant to be a for-the-fans phone in the sense that they're targeting, like, phone nerds um, and going really spec-heavy. If anything, it's the opposite. It's kind of them going, like, this is a young person consumer phone trying to get the everyday person who wants a Samsung but can't afford the flagship. Um and the FE, as soon as you tell someone what it means, it's like it doesn't line up at all to what they do with the actual phone. Uh, but you know, and also I then say that they should have done more colours, like last year. Yes, is, which would yeah. but the pastels are maybe we'll get more. Nice. I was kind of wondering if we'd get the bespoke edition thing that they did uh, with the flips, but yeah. no. Um, there's a lot of speculation. So much of this is speculation, but that because of the manufacturing problems, they just haven't made very many of these. Really that really, fine. it's just they put all the work into developing it and marketing it. So they're like, well, we're going to push it out, but that there may not be very many units in in the grand scheme of how many you normally get with phones like this. Um, so they may just be trying to, yeah, do the colors they can do, sell what they can sell, which again then justifies your position that they should just make it a loss leader and and shill as many as they can. Um, while taking a little loss and use it as a branding win. But um, what can I say? Uh, and just before we move on, I think we're going to move move from Samsung in a second. But yeah, there's a little uh, discussion in the chat about Samsung killing the Note line. Um, and I figure I'll just jump in because, yes, Samsung has killed the Note line in that we're not seeing... We didn't see a Note phone last year and we're maybe not seeing a Note phone this year. But the latest speculation is that the S22 Ultra might be called something like the S22 Note or even the S22 Note Ultra. And the, the dummy units and the renders are showing like a model which yes. kind of may have an S Pen in it and all this stuff. It's, it, it, even <laughs> if it's not called Note, even if they decide not to brand it Note, it has squared off top and bottom. It has an S Pen slot inside it. It has a sort of wider display. Like it is the things that people love in Note phones look to be in the S22 Ultra. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, Note is dead, long live Note. Um, it's it, it's sticking around in a strange sort of way. I mean, uh, it makes sense considering that the phones are bigger as well on the Ultra line as well. To, yes, to I think it always like was where they, it was always going to have to end up and they couldn't sustain two flagship lines for various reasons. And it just makes sense. That if you're going to make one phone that's like a seven-inch display almost... Uh, and has stylus support. Like, yeah, just it's a note. Just make it a note. It's yeah. it's easier for everyone. And now that the fold is in the mix, and the ultra already supports S Pen as well. Like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. 
Um, all right, that's enough for Samsung because I'm sure we're going to be back talking about S22 stuff properly before too long. Um, and maybe more FE chat when we when we get one into review and we get to actually give some impressions on, on trying it out ourselves because that will hopefully be in the next week or two. Um, right, OnePlus. OnePlus, I don't know, it's just... We, we rag on OnePlus a bit for having a really predictable launch strategy. Um, and what they've done this year is just take that, tear the launch strategy up, and tape bits of it back together at random um, and thrown that out. So they're still doing the thing where they announce every single thing about the phone in a series of announcements before the launch itself. Um, they're just now doing it in a staggered China first launch. They're doing it at the wrong time of the year. They're only doing one phone out of the set and we don't know if they're going to be any more. It's all gone crazy. Um, so the OnePlus 10 Pro is official. OnePlus announced the name. Uh, a couple of days ago, along with revealing images of it in a black and green finish. They have announced it is launching next week, January the 11th, uh, the same day the S21 FE goes on sale, at the day after Honor reveals it's foldable. Um, but they've also now, since revealing the design, they've now gone and revealed pretty much the full spec sheet. Um, so we are now in that slightly strange OnePlus state where we know what the phone looks like, we know almost every major spec they've not gone like fully in detail like they've told us the camera like megapixel counts but not like you know the aperture of every lens or stuff like that but we know broadly the the, the top level specs for every part of the phone um and we know what day it's launching we just don't know the price and we'll find that out next week but even then we'll only find out the chinese price and we do not know when it will come to the rest of the world um, it is still launching worldwide, just to sort of nip that in the bud if anyone's having that worry. Um, they have confirmed it will be coming to Europe, North America, and India. Um, they just haven't announced when or, or any more details of what that's going to look like. Have um, they also said if the specs are the same globally than they are in India and China? They haven't said anything about that. I would assume they are. I, mm. Yeah, I would assume. Uh, we don't know for sure, I guess. I guess there's an outside chance something something ends up getting tweaked, but that would surprise me. Um, so the top level specs, I mean, let's talk about the design first, maybe, because the design we've probably mentioned before when the renders came out, but yeah, renders from OnLeaks turned out to be pretty much correct. It has this slightly strange large camera module in the corner that wraps around the body and looks kind of like the S21 Ultra, but doesn't go up to the top of the body. It kind of just does the side. It doesn't reach the whole corner. Um, I keep going up and down on the design, I'm going to be honest. I'll look at the pictures and think, that is an ugly phone. And then I'll look <laughs> the next day and be like, oh, I kind of like it, it's growing on me. And then the next day I'm like, no, I hate that. I think uh, I feel like it's going to prove itself in hand. I, I don't think the renders are doing it justice. I just don't know why. It's something about it. I feel like I've had that with the previous OnePlus phones as well. Some of them are mm -hmm. really nice when you actually get them in your hand, but like they just yes. don't look that great or exciting or whatever. Mm -hmm. I, I would think I said to you the other day, the camera, because it's like a quad... It looks like a quad camera setup, even though it's not. Yes. Um, at a glance, uh, in this wraparound element, and it made me think more of the the Realme Eight series, I think, and like the design language that Realme brought in, which is not yes. too surprising because there's obviously overlap there with mm. Oppo and Realme and OnePlus. So I wonder if there was any influence from Realme on the design because it is very different from OnePlus phones, any of them that we've seen before. It's so. a big change from OnePlus's yeah. design. They've never made a phone that looks like this, not not really. And to be fair to them, they've changed their camera models a couple times. They had 
uh, maybe the 70 went circular and then they just kind of weird but went like or back and they never went back to that circle design they, they immediately would you know change change back to what they'd done before but they've been willing to play around a little bit before um this that ties in a little bit to my pet theory that again chipset shortages industry problems etc etc i think maybe this was going to be a 90 design or a 90 pro and then we never got that phone and probably they realized early on in the process they were not they weren't going to do that and it became the 10 the 10 pro design but i wonder if this started out as a t as a t version in terms of the look of it um But yeah, it's got this funny thing, as you mentioned, Toddy, it looks like it's a quad camera. It's actually a triple. Um, it's not a fake lens, as we've seen on some phones and moan about. Really? It's it's just the flash module. But the flash module is designed to look a little bit like a lens. A lens. Um, it's also got written in it, um, I, th- I think it's P2D and then the next line 50T. I do not know what this means. I've not seen anyone explain what that might mean. I can't think of what camera terminology they are kind of abbreviating or acronymizing when they do that. I mean, I feel like the camera module, big camera modules are like the thing at the moment, like that people seem to be doing. Hmm. I, I, I do like it. I like it in a way because it's like, I think, you know, we've moaned before about a lot of phones just look the same now. Yeah. Um, and like people are making design choices. Maybe they're not design choices that everybody likes, but they're a bit more bold and a bit more out there. So I mean, the hardware, the camera hardware is getting bigger internally, especially with periscope lenses. This probably isn't a periscope from what we understand, but still people are wanting bigger and bigger sensors and, and everything. So it has to get bigger. And yeah, I think there's something to be said for people leaning into statement designs that just kind of acknowledge yeah you know what we've got to have a giant camera module so we might as well have fun with it um and i don't mind that at all um i I think this mostly works i wish the hasselblad logo was a little bit smaller but that's a that's a pretty minor complaint in the grand scheme of things uh and i like the green design a lot um toddy you made a comment about whether um it might have some influence from real me and i mean i don't know but it is very clear that the oppo influence here Mm. has grown firstly i'd say that in terms of the release strategy right because it's very common for oppo to announce phones in china and then the rest of the world later yeah. i can't remember the last time or if Pass has ever done that i don't want to say they definitely haven't ever because i'm sure someone or will china point out China i've forgotten or china first china first mean? china first i guess just the 9rt right like that's the only one hmm which is their most I recent I guess that's one. true. The most recent one, which, you know, is now coming to India as well. But yeah, China first. Yeah, but before now, no, I don't think so. And Oppo has also done Pro before regular model as well, haven't they? Is oh, that right? Oh, what they've done one with the, the Find X is they've done the Pro and the regular yeah. together and then other spin-offs later. Yeah, I'm not sure if they've done just a pro of anything. Was it was it the find? I can't remember. I'm sure maybe it wasn't like China. For, maybe it was already out in China, but I'm sure with the UK, one of the find X's didn't come for ages. There was like a delay. Yes, they it? have with in terms of like European release, release the yeah. pro, and then the other one months later. But they announced yeah. them together. It was just they didn't bother to ship okay, the, yeah. the other one to yeah. Europe. Did we get a find X three normal in the end? can't remember if it came to the uk did, it did yeah. exist it is a phone yeah yeah it, it came out in china for sure and mm. again was announced with the pro um 
Yeah, so so there's obviously the release strategy thing, which is a little bit oppo-y. Um, the thing that really jumped out to me, uh, which is really striking, is the charging. Oh, I didn't because know the charging. What's the charging? 80-watt wired charging, 50-watt wireless. It's good. Fastest wired on a OnePlus yet. Um, but it's 80-watt SuperVOOC and 50-watt uh-huh. AirVOOC. Uh-huh. It is not warp charge, which is OnePlus's charging branding. This is Oppo's branding for its charging, VOOC, um, which I really like. That's a big eyebrow raise for me that it's not just that it's the same tech which doesn't shock me i'm you know it makes sense they'll just stop developing custom oneplus charging and just throw in the oppo tech but i'm very surprised they aren't calling it warp charge 80 yeah i mean in the early days of earlier days let's say of oneplus's like life cycle you could take an oppo charger and it would work and the phone would think it was a warp charger and vice versa. You could because they were basically just recoloring hmm. the USB port and the cable. Yeah, uh, and I, I think, think that's mostly been some, what they've done all along. I yeah, I think there's I been some deviation that. in like the newer <laughs> yeah. stuff to help differentiate. But yeah, that was so. It looks like they're just going back to that. Um, I, from I've a branding no perspective, I mean, it's fine. It doesn't matter. It's the charging. It's the charging. Whatever. I just find is it, it so be interesting. A red cable branding. The red cable oh, is like signature OnePlus. They, they even have in to do that. India, and they've just launched in, I think, Europe, their red cable club, which is yes. a kind of membership, membership sort of yeah. thing where you get like deals and stuff exclusively. They have to do the red cable. That would so be such a big. So it'll be a red big... cable VOOC charger rather yeah. than a warp charger. Um, what's especially odd about this is that then the. OS is still listed as Oxygen OS. And we were told Mm -hmm. that the new fused Oxygen and Color OS would debut properly with the 10 series. Um, But it doesn't seem to be. It's listed as as running Oxygen OS, which is the OnePlus branding. So I thought we were going to get the announcement of a new... Either they would just say it's running Color OS, or they'd have some new name for an OS that is the new one that will appear on, on both both companies' devices, just new, new OS branding for both. Um, yeah, just it's all this is all inside baseball in a way. It's just about how, how will they brand specific features. But it is interesting that um, the OS where we thought the OnePlus branding was about to pull away, it's still strongly, no, this is the OnePlus Oxygen OS. And charging of all things is where they're now just like, yeah, yeah you know, it's Oppo's it's charging Oppo's. tech. Yeah. yeah, it is I mean, what I, it is. Maybe it's the behind the scenes, the unified code base, which is the thing they were, they were kind of working on from the outset with the two OSs. Mm. That's done, maybe. So this is the first version of Oxygen OS that is built on the same code base as ColorOS. Well, Holy, I think, maybe. I think I the know. Oxygen you get on... It, I think if you upgrade some OnePluses now to Android 12, you'll get yeah. essentially a ColorOS code base. And I think the the Nord 2 was ColorOS code initially. Um um, but yeah, we're st- it's just been this gray area in terms of how they're merging those those, those code bases and, and what it means uh, ultimately. Um, little unclear, and they are understandably not being super transparent about where they are at in this journey of, of releasing an updated OS. So that's, I guess, part of why I thought we were just going to get one now that was just like branded differently so they could be like, look, here it is, you know. We're done with it now. Now we're just going to, you know, develop this. But we've made it, yeah. uh, and that that doesn't look to have happened yet. Um, the other, I think, big thing to talk about with the Ten Pro, in terms of the specs and everything, is just not a lot has changed from the Nine Pro. Um, 
on paper the camera specs are the same um it's it's got a bigger battery 5000 milliamp hours rather than 4500 it's got that faster wire charging though i think the wireless speed is the same and it's got the upgrade to the 8 gen 1 but it's the same size screen it's still 120 hertz amoled it's ltpo i think you know it's a slightly more power efficient ltpo display um i'm sure the cameras have had some slight tweaks even though the base specs from what we know are pretty much the same it feels like this is again this is why as i said earlier i always wondered if this was meant to be a t because it's a very incremental jump forward from last year's 9 pro mainly just a way of getting the hm1 chipset in there yeah it would seem got right? the hm1 which will be whatever much of a jump it is we don't know yet we haven't had the chance to try an hm1 phone yet and then faster charging and a slightly bigger battery and those are good i mean i don't want to knock that it's probably a better phone than the 9 pro just by virtue of those things um but it's funny they haven't haven't thrown more in, I guess. Yeah. And they've kept the Hasselblad partnership going as well. Yeah, and that's where I'm hoping to see more because I think the 9 Pro camera I didn't love, though I know other people out there had a better time with it than I did. And it always felt like the Hasselblad partnership had maybe come in. It was, it was too little too late. They hadn't had the time mm. to really incorporate a lot of that. I'm hoping a year on that even if this is fundamentally the same camera hardware, it might be a much better experience. Um, because of software tweaks, because of Hasselblad having an extra year of like working with them and tuning stuff. So it's very possible. And I think they're calling it like the Gen 2 Hasselblad imaging system or something like that. So they're certainly going to... They're pushing it as a big jump from last year um, in, in that respect. We'll find out. Um, hopefully we'll see more of that next week because at least we'll get the presumably some camera samples and that sort of thing at the Chinese launch. Uh, which will give us a little bit of a sense of, of what we're looking at from the photography side of things. Uh, because as always, that is kind of where these these big flagships live and die. Um, and yeah, final thing to note before we move on, I guess is as I, as I flagged earlier, as far as we know, there is no OnePlus 10 and there is no OnePlus 10R. Um, OnePlus has made no mention of either phone. They're not talking about them. They've not kind of said there's a 10 coming later. So there might be one coming later, or it might be that this is it, and the 10 Pro is the only phone we get in the 10 series, at least until we see a, a 10T refresh or, or something. So I don't know. It's it's another oddity, certainly another oddity around the Oppo involvement. It always looked like with Oppo moving in to manage more, OnePlus were gearing up to release a lot more phones and a lot more frequently. Mm. And I, again, I guess chip shortage, but that's really not what's been happening <laughs> Uh, if anything, it's been the opposite. They're they're definitely putting the uh, you know the foot off the gas in terms of their their release pace at the high end. It seems really odd um, to me because it's like if there is a ten, it seems odd to be launching with the highest spec model first and then having a mm. gap and then going down. It, it to me it would just make more sense to like launch the big one and then a few months later be like, hey, there was that and now there's this. Yeah. And but on the other hand, if there is no ten. Why Pro? Yeah, I, yeah, I mean, initially. Like, I think they have to call it the Pro because it signifies that it's at the level of the Pro they did last year. Yeah. The problem is, if this is a Pro level and it's going to be priced similarly to last year's Pro, but they say, oh, it's the only one, so we'll just call it the OnePlus 10, but we'll price it the same as last year's Pro model, then everyone says... OnePlus 10 has had a $200 price increase like year on year and, and what a rip-off and all of that. And it's like, well, no, because it's, it's compared to the Pro. That's the fair, but 
by doing this, they just say, look, compare it to the pro from last year. That's the pricing segment we're in. That's the performance segment we're in and judge it on those terms. So that bit makes sense. Um, I agree if you were doing both, I feel like you would go with the, um, the, the base model first. I also think we're not getting both because this launch is coming three or four months earlier than OnePlus normally does them. And they're choosing to launch early. Um, and if they, it would feel odd for that to be like, oh, well, the 10's not ready yet. Because in that case, you say, well, why not delay the 10 Pro and just launch them together at the time you always announce your phones? That would, that would make so much more sense. So the fact that they're doing this one now makes me feel like it's just, this is it. This is the 10 series. This is yeah. all they're doing. For whatever reason, you know, whatever whatever way their their manufacturing pipeline has been hammered, I don't know. But do you think there was a ten to begin with? Oh, that's an interesting question. Yeah, whether whether there was a ten and and they just had to had to make the choice which one yeah. are we doing and they they chose the pro. Yeah, and that's a funny one because. I guess there's an interesting thing there. Yeah, it, it, the fact that they're only doing the pro, yeah, tells you something about what they're looking to do, which is compete with the high-end Samsung and Xiaomi and Apple, yeah. and they're not seeing themselves primarily as the six hundred dollar upper mid-range cheap flagship. That's not the focus anymore, because they if they were going to do one phone, they could have done that one. They could have done the ten at six hundred, six hundred fifty bucks, and that being their lead product. But they said, no, 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 the premium flagship. If we're only doing one phone, it's going to be the premium flagship. And that means they are also then competing with like the Find X4 Pro and the additional resources that <laughs> Oppo has that. internally. <laughs> like that's a tough, that's a tough, I would have threaded, I would have gone down, I think, instead of up yeah. with I mean, the OnePlus do you, brand. Do you think that this is a sign of, you know, this partnership going forward? Like whether this is signaling anything, like something big happening between the two or it's, like what? To me, it's something that I don't understand what the partnership is, because, again, a lot of the stuff we'd heard and, and expected was that it was Oppo trying to put its its all its eggs in a row and, and kind of being like, well, Realme's our cheap brand, OnePlus is our mid-range brand, and Oppo will do our premium. And there'll be other bits. There's some cheap Oppo phones and some mid-range Oppo. But it felt like they were trying to position them roughly to go like that. But that's clearly not what's happening, because Realme's, we're about to talk about it, Realme's just launched a high-end flagship, and... OnePlus is only doing one phone and it's a high-end flagship. So that doesn't seem to be the way they're, they're doing it. It does let, then leave me looking at their like brand portfolio and being like, I don't really understand how they see Oppo, OnePlus and Realme relating to one another and yeah. coexisting and sitting in different parts of the market. Because, I mean, Realme and OnePlus are releasing similarly specced phones within a week of each other. Mm. Why? Like, You don't I mean, need to do that. At this point, it feels like it, they could be leading towards the brands folding in to, to Oppo at some point because it's like, why, why would you put out two competing phones that are very similar? Yeah, I hope like, not. You know, and, but, I think OnePlus still has enough brand cachet that they wouldn't. And, it, well, and uh, OnePlus is still important because it's the one they sell in the US. Yeah, And it, yeah. it's the only one they sell in the US. And so I don't think the OnePlus brand will die I think the most extreme thing we could see on that end is something like OnePlus kind of dies a bit outside the US. Like and rebadges. Yeah. Oppo phones, phones get rebadged as... Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, That would be the extreme end. I think that's the, the worst case that we could I mean, see, really. Based on everything we are seeing since the whole kind of fuse was made public, 
the only real benefit OnePlus has got is the resource. And that is a huge benefit. But mm. on the flip side, I think they lost so much of their individuality, their creative mm-hmm. control, their branding on products like warp charging. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't think it's, I don't, I, so far I'm, I'm not hopeful for I know. the OnePlus brand. I'm, a, over I'm very Apple. hesitant. And I used to be a big champion of them. You know, I, yeah, I, I think the 7 Pro is, you know, of its Pro, time, one of the best phones the best ever ever put out. But, so good. Uh, they nailed yeah, it. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Um, I'm hoping. I'm hoping the 10 Pro is going gonna, is gonna to win me over because there's lots of bits of it I like. And I hope there is a clear path in mind for OnePlus. I'm just, as an outside observer, I cannot tell what it is. Um, cool. Well, let's stick with the the oppo portfolio for our final segment of the day the realme gt2 series uh which was announced in china this week but i believe toddy did they also is this one of those where they confirmed there is a european launch eventually just no details yes exactly that yes so it will launch outside of china they haven't said yeah cool so it's not china only just china only for now um two phones gt2 and gt2 pro I think we're probably going to focus on the Pro a bit because it's the exciting one, not only because it's the first kind of properly premium flagship we've ever seen from Realme. Um, the GT2 is a successor to the GT, funnily enough, and that was a great phone. GT2 probably also going to be a great phone, but it's a bit more of the same we've seen GT2 Pro. This is Realme trying to do a phone like Oppo makes. Um, yeah. And... Yeah, I, I I was about to say on paper I like the look of it, and that is is ah. a little too on the nose even for me, uh, <laughs> because the real me is touting a paper inspired design. Uh, Toddy, why don't you talk us through some of it? Yeah, the the paper thing specifically is so Realme has taken to doing these master edition releases, which are basically just like a special edition. Usually, it just means a colorway and maybe extra RAM and storage. Like that's usually what that manifests as. Uh, with the GT2 Pro. You get um, two color options in the master edition, which are paper white and paper green. And it's a polymer, a biopolymer that's inspired by paper. So it, I guess mm. it maybe feels a bit like paper as well. Don't know how that'll hold up in the rain. We'll have to wait and see. Um, and then there's like a regular <laughs> yeah, version of the phone. smartphone. Exactly. Not grim, be very it's kind of like pops off in your, in your fingers. It's all damp um, and claggy. Ugh. Yeah, great for the case market though. So you uh-huh. Um, and then, yeah, they have a titanium blue or steel black, which is just like standard glass backed, I think, uh, version. Um, but yeah, the main thing is, and the, uh, what's his name? It's like Fukusawa. I forget his first name. The Japanese artist. Yeah. yeah the Japanese... same one that did it for the last one Exactly. As well. Yeah. yeah. And they, yeah. They've, they always pick a different material. So they did like brick and cement for one edition. They did, um, on- onion and carrot yes. or something. Onion and something. They did like vegetables. For vegetables. One. It's very strange. Yeah. Very strange. I quite like the paper. Like the look of it is nice. Um, I, I don't know if I love the like his signature next to the camera. That kind of detracts it's a little from much. Me. But um, I the find design it, is. Sorry, I was going to say I find it funny because the Realme GT had a very striking design and a very specific yes. design. Yes, the bumblebee yellow and black. Yeah, with that big racing stripe, and they've really moved far away from that. And this is even the non-master edition ones here are much more in line with the master edition design they did that time around, which is yeah, much more regular high-end smartphone. Anna, you reviewed one of the master editions, but you I didn't did, get... I did, yeah. It was the... And I, they had like a suitcase. Suitcase back. inspired. But you didn't get the yeah, suitcase yeah. one, right? I didn't get the suitcase which one. Which is no, like, they but, should have definitely yeah. sent us the suitcase one. That <laughs> yeah, doesn't yeah. make sense to me. That's the one in all the pictures. 
So yeah. Um, I'd love to see the list <laughs> of objects they are picking from here. How you get from like cement to onion to suitcase to paper. There's there's like a path in their office that some executive walks <laughs> yes, and he just yes. each year he just it's goes, the thing he mm. sees. Yeah, next one would be pencil lead or biro. Uh-huh. And then it'll be like staplers or hole punch. I don't know. We'll figure it out. <laughs> I mean, it's creative. You can't. You I mean, can't you can't. Yeah. I can't say I've seen yeah. another phone that's inspired by a paper. So that's kind of cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. I like the look of the the special editions. I think they work. They work really well. If you want to know, like the general, if you don't, can't see it right in front of you right now, if you've seen the GT Neo Two, which came out between the GT series and the GT Two series, um, yeah. even that is technically part of the Neo range and the first wave of <sighs> GT phones. <laughs> The camera arrangement, all that looks very, very similar to this. So it's like two big sensors and a small sensor, yep. which is what the camera arrangement on the GT Neo 2 has. Um, Let's talk cameras, because the cameras are kind of interesting, yeah. actually. And there was a surprise here. And um, always the pain point for Realme, usually in the high end, is the cameras. Yeah. The cameras just don't compete. So this may be different. Yeah. So, again, you can kind of see this whole Oppo thing, everything together. Um because the main sensor here is an IMX seven six six, which was the main sensor in the Nord two, um, and is also oh, yes. used as the wide angle in the OnePlus nines and the Oppo Find X four Pro. So this is like a sensor Oppo has clearly decided just it's a fan of, and it's the throwing word. it out in a lot of phones, mm-hmm. uh, and a lot of phones with very good cameras. To be fair to it, so I don't think that's a problem. Um, They've also, I'll come to the second lens in a sec, the third lens is another one that kind of reflects the same thing, because what they've done here is throw in a 40 times zoom micro lens, which I don't yeah. know if this is the same one, but they, it's certainly similar. They were similar. very specific about not saying what like the resolution of that sensor is or anything, right. they just yeah. say it's a 40 times macro, or super macro, whatever they call yeah. it. Yeah, so it, it's the same basic thing as what they did in the Find X4 Pro, which had that, you know, crazy zoom, microscopic lens, so that you could, you know, take photos of like, the fibers in your clothing and 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 things like that you know you can see the the cells in a in a plant leaf when you when you use it it's very cool mm. as bad as gimmicky as a phone camera can get like if you think the 10 times zoom is silly then microscopic zoom is is really pushing the limits sure. but very cool technically astonishingly impressive um i assume this is either the same exact same lens and sensor or a slightly cheaper take on the same thing i guess we'll find out I mean, they're building this as like their first proper premium flagship, but Realme, the cost wise, like in my head, it makes sense if they've got that sensor lying around from when they were making the Find X3 Pro, yeah. just use that same sensor. It was good enough, right? You reviewed that phone and the macro worked well, right? For what It, it worked really well. It's very good. Um, again, it's uh, fun to play around with. I could not see myself using that lens on the regular, yeah. but for what it does, very, very cool really well handled and if it appeals to you and you think it's the kind of thing you would play around with yeah great like it absolutely does what it sets out to do so more of that why not i guess the only thing to remember is that phone was uh i think 1200 pounds or something like that you know comfortably over the grand line in euros and pounds so this is real me going premium but this this phone is not going to be in that price scale when it does launch yeah i don't have the gt pricing in front of me but the this looks like it's going for a similar sort of level as the mm. GT did price-wise, which is impressive considering the cameras seem more legitimate for the kind of class of phone it's trying to be. And it's got the 8 Gen 1. Yeah. And yeah, everything that it's going to bring into the table. I think the Chinese pricing, if I can find it, my little write-up notes here. 
Um, it, I think it works out to it's still around that kind of five hundred pound mark, four fifty five hundred pound mm. mark. Um, so competitive, obviously, it will cost more when it launches elsewhere. Yeah, that's not I mean, a they, surprise. They said months ago that it was going to be a um, eight hundred dollar plus phone yes. and the, the, mm. the direct conversion of the chinese pricing is cheaper than that but i think whatever the global price ends exactly. up being expected to start somewhere around 800 dollars um the, the other camera lens we didn't talk about is slightly interesting is the wide angle which is 50 megapixel wide angle i don't know if they told us what sensor it is um but they say it's the first 150 degree field of view wide angle on but, a smartphone at the time a quick google i could not find a phone with a wider wide angle so yeah but I, I kind of hesitated in, in, in whether I should say it is the widest because I was like, it might be the first 150 because someone else has done 155. And, you know, yeah. but they're the first to do 150 exactly. <laughs> Specifically uh, that degree <laughs> range, yeah. Uh, I, but no, I think this is the widest ultra wide camera you can get. Uh, Good and bad. I, yeah, I don't know <laughs> if that's really the biggest selling point for a wide angle. I don't know if I looked at my wide angles and was like, well, what I really need from this is to just get even wider. Yeah, if you're like that native kind of GoPro fisheye look, then mm. this will be the phone for you. Yes. It, depends on the, it depends on the quality, right? Because, you know, like too, you say obviously. 50 yes. megapixel, but it also depends on, you know, everything else that's packed yeah. in there as and well, like, doesn't it? how it handles lens correction and stuff like that. Exactly. It'll be, yeah, it would be interesting to see it in, in practice. I mean, they have um, lent into it and offered an actual fisheye camera mode as well. So if you do yeah, want to true. make the most of the fact that it's a wide, 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 you know, you can get, I assume it's throwing out something like the native unlens corrected output or something. I guess so, yeah. I, I don't know how, it, how it's doing it. But um, yeah, I, I think this is a camera setup that looks like it could be very good. The hope really is that they're getting the benefit of Oppo's AI and software camera side as well, because that's always been a bit where you felt like we've seen Realme cameras with solid specs before, and they've just felt like they underdelivered. And I did yeah, wonder can... if Oppo was like holding back some maybe key algorithms from the sub brand. You know what but I mean? You, you could see them having to work on their own algorithm stuff over generations. Like I remember yes. like the X3 Super Zoom, which was their first phone with like the night mode for like starlight, like the astrophotography. Mm. Their version versus the Pixel at the time, like it was night and day no pun intended, about how well it did at capturing stars. And then subsequently, like their cheaper phones, but more recent phones have definitely gotten better at that. So their internal team has clearly had to work on it, but it's the effort is paying off. Mm. So it's weird now if then Oppo's just been like, don't worry about that. We've already got all this work done here. Just have this. Yeah. But maybe that's <laughs> what they're doing. I don't know. We'll have to wait and see again. Uh, I think the other big thing with this particular phone is the display, which you kind of touched on. Mm. In terms of that's the other big kind of hook. Oh, yeah, it's LTPO 2.0, yeah, which is to... not a term I've heard before their event. Yeah, it's also something apparently the OnePlus, I think, is supposedly going to be sporting an LTPO 2.0 display, which makes sense, Oh, I maybe guess. it is. Yeah, I kind of, yeah, right. Um, but I was trying to figure out what that was versus uh, E5, because we were talking recently about E5 AMOLEDs, which is what the Pixel 6 Pro has, and the Vivo x70 pro plus or whatever it's called like it's it's yeah it's good for a variable refresh rate effectively i do wonder if this is just rebranding e5 and that's what it is or if it's one of those things where it's it's the same tech as e5 but because it's i think it's samsung that makes the e5s um right and if maybe it's functionally the same tech but it's someone else making it so they can't call it e5 something like that i'm I'm not sure Uh, one to 120 hertz variable refresh rate which would be great for power efficiency that's just part of the thing. Um, Gorilla Glass Victus, which again, they don't usually mm-hmm. put like the best Gorilla Glass on their phones. So that's nice too. Yeah, 
that was the that was the main display thing, which is like what that LTPO two point meant. Mm. What what is the drop between the GT two and the GT two Pro? Well, it was interesting considering we didn't really hear much about the GT two in the run up. Leaks yeah. and official like teasers from from Realme were all about the Pro. They didn't really mention. It's still, I would say, a pretty solid phone, um, and I think price wise, it's very good. It's like uh, it works out roughly to about two hundred pounds less. Oh like, wow, that's a big gap. Yeah. It's a pretty big gap considering this is a Snapdragon eight 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 powered phone, so it's not an HM one, mm. but it's still an eight eighty eight, and it has an E four AMOLED, so not quite as good, but still good one twenty hertz AMOLED dis- display, uh, and then a bunch of stuff is the same. You get the same RAM and storage options. They're both like super fast. Um, same main camera as well. Seven, uh, IMX seven six six again mm. uh, with OIS. So the main camera should shoot equivalent. Um, you just get a different macro camera. They they even gave even less info about what this macro camera does. It must just or, be or a regular range. macro, not the fancy micro yeah. lens kind of thing. Yeah. yeah, but it has a macro camera, and then it has a, a regular ultra wide. Again, I don't know resolution. They didn't say, but it's one hundred nineteen degrees rather than one hundred fifty. Um, and a lower res front camera. But beyond that. Software's the same, so they both come with Android 12 with Realme UI 3.0, which mm-hmm. I don't think we've tested a phone with that yet. No, so that'd I haven't be cool to see. Yet. Both have stereo speakers. They only mentioned Dolby on the uh, on the Pro, on the Pro, but that's like entertainment specific. Um, both have nice big batteries, 5,000. I was hoping for faster charging, at least on the Pro, because even with last year's GT series, we were expecting a GT Pro with 120 watt charging. And that mm. never never happened. There was a, a leak or a tease from Realme of some device, which we've never actually seen in practice beyond concept stage. That was supposedly going to bring 120 watts, and these both have 65 watts still. Um, so I yeah. forgot it was that one where they sent an image out to press and said yeah. it's a leak, and it's like well, it's come from the official Realme PR <laughs> contact. So I'm not Here's sure it's image. a leak. Here's the name. It was, <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. kind of hands-on <laughs> image of a phone that then turned out to never exist anyway. So. <laughs> It might still be, in, I think it's still in our Realme GT like uh, details roundup, our price specs roundup piece. Yeah, so you can go see odd. that image if you will. Curious. This phone ever come out? Maybe Probably not. not. Um, and it also got the Master Edition treatment, which I wasn't expecting. Mm. You can get the paper finishes on that one as well, so you don't. Oh have to right, on the fork GT2. out for the yeah. extra expensive Pro model if you don't want to, and still get oh, that right. design. Yeah, I was about to ask that whether the Master Editions would still. Which I don't it. know if they've done before. I think there's usually just the top one gets the master edition or like last year which you found out hannah they do like just weird standalone phones which don't have the same spec sheet at all but are still master yeah. edition and still gt branded but not the same it's weird i don't know it, it's an interesting choice here between these two because obviously one of the big gaps is just 888 versus 8 gen 1 and you know you know who you are if you're the sort of person who cares about having the latest snapdragon um i think the display is going to be much of a muchness they're both 120 hertz amoleds if you think you can tell the difference between an E4 AMOLED and a LTPO 2.0 AMOLED at a glance, <laughs> then good for you. You have more spare time than I do. <laughs> uh, I'm guessing the latter is more power efficient. In theory, it should be. But yeah. beyond that, I don't think there's going to be a lot there. Um, so really, other than the chipset, it basically comes down to the camera. Yeah. And the only funny thing there is it then comes down to how much faith do you have in Realme that the Pro is going to deliver on those camera specs, you know, that it will, the output will be as good as those specs are on paper. I mean, I guess here's the hook then. Wait for the Pro to come out, check out the first wave of reviews on the camera, and if it's no good, then just buy the regular GT2 and save yourself a ton of money. Yeah, You'll still exactly. get that main camera, it'll still be good enough. Yeah. Yeah. And actually, it, honestly, you could say it all comes down to the ultra-wide, doesn't it? Yeah. Because the main camera's the same. Yeah. 
The micro lens yeah. is fun, but it's a gimmick. Please don't spend an extra 200 just for that. So then it's just, well, how much better is the ultra-wide? And are you willing to spend that much more for, for a better ultra-wide and a faster chipset? So realistically, who's going to make use of like a really big ultra-wide? Like people who are keen on travelling, but you can't do a lot of that at the moment. <laughs> um, I mean, to be fair to them, I think it's from what they're saying and not saying, I suspect it is a, going to be a better ultra-wide in more respects than just a wider field yeah. of view. I think it yeah. will be a better sensor and a bigger sensor and a better lens and so on. But otherwise, off the, yeah. Off the cuff, I might go to like market would be like the same people who Motorola tried to appeal to with the like the Moto G something active. Uh huh. So like, like shooting skate videos and stuff with your phone. Yeah. yeah. An ultra wide is good for that. Kind of like GoPro stuff, really. But yeah, bad. Yeah. Yes. Niche and probably not. Maybe a bit misguided. If you take photos of like lots of people together, like you yeah, shoot gigs or stuff like that, yeah. maybe I don't know. Like, yeah. yeah, I mean, if Wedding they made photographers a selfie, who can't maybe. afford DSLRs, <laughs> yeah, probably wouldn't get hired anyway. If they were just like, yeah, just use my phone <laughs> yeah, get for your out. wedding. <laughs> you joke about this, but at my jo- Joe's cousin's wedding, the DJ turned up and he just plugged his phone into a speaker. Oh, awesome. and the groom was fuming. He wow. was like, I was like, he was like, I've got a mate who has a full deck and everything. Anyway, I digress. I love it. But- oh, that's amazing. I love it. Um, we have a question uh, in the chat from uh, Joao Coutinho. Uh, what are the differences between a Realme GT versus a Realme GT2? Um, which actually is an interesting question because it is the same chip. They're both, you know, the GT2, the non-pro, yes. is still an 888. So it's the same chipset as the first GT. Uh, similar RAM and storage. Um, both 120 hertz AMOLED displays, I want to say. Yeah, they are AMOLED. Yeah, yeah. Both 120 hertz AMOLED, yeah. I assume, again, it's mostly the camera. Camera Yeah, it would be the camera probably. fundamentally, yeah, because they both have 65 watt fast charging too. I think, I think the GT has a smaller battery because these mm-hmm. both have 5,000. I think that's like 4,000 and something. Four and a half thousand, maybe. Um, so yeah, bigger battery, and yeah, the main camera. Fundamentally, is it, um, and I think size as well. I think the GT two is a touch bigger. I think it's a six point five inch versus a six point six seven. It's six point six two on the six GT two. Excuse me. Yeah, so it's slightly larger. Um, Not that um, big, bright yellow. Yeah, and, and a big, very bit, very different design. <laughs> Finishes, yeah. yeah. And yeah. I kind of, yeah, I am kind of gutted considering like GT and the name, the implications of GT in like cars and stuff, which is what the whole marketing was kind of inspired by for the first GT. Yeah, I mean that that's what like on cars, that's what like a GT line you can exactly. tell people when it's know a GT what that means, car. right? Like, yeah. or they know what to expect. They they had that even like right down to the 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 performance boosting software on the yeah. phone looked like a car like button like a starter button in a car like they, they they really lent into it and then this generation they just used the name and made no kind of efforts to you have to wonder in. if the they just have sales data that backs up that people didn't because there were different finishes of the gt2 people are scared yeah and maybe I people didn't buy that one what yeah, i do know is that yellow cars are the like the worst car to buy because like they they don't sell like you can't sell it on nobody will buy a oh, really? car. so maybe it's yeah. the same for a phone i know red cars are more likely to get into accidents there are more red cars in oh. car accidents <laughs> than yellow yeah and also ferrari's official color is apparently yellow and not red which everyone assumes it's red no i'm not having that <laughs> um, but yeah but realme didn't use any of that info or trivia at all oh. and they've just been like yeah it's called the gt2 here you go. It's good value. I'd it, say. It's like it's like you said, Dom, earlier with the with the pro. Like it's it's easier to just stick with the name and because people then have something to benchmark against. I yeah. Guess. 
yeah. uh, people recognize it as a, as a light. And, you know, the, the GT got very good reviews and a lot of uh, yeah. positive response. We liked it a lot. So they've got good goodwill attached to GT. Yeah, even at like $800, I think the specs will still be good. If that camera mm. holds up, that's a good price performance balance there striking there. So I think it, totally. it has legs internationally for sure, but it's a great deal in China. Mm. Um, yeah. And, uh, cool. <laughs> right. Uh, I think that'll probably do us for today, to be honest. Um, so thank you to everyone who has been watching and listening. We will be back same time, same place next week. Uh, we'll definitely be talking about the Honor Magic V, Honor's first foldable. That will be launching next Monday, so for sure we're going to be talk about, talking about that. Um, probably not OnePlus again, unless something at the launch event is so radically unexpected that we feel the need to... Uh, go long on the tempro all over again so otherwise we will we will see what comes along between now and then but definitely come back next week to find out what we think of honor's first foldable phone uh until then yeah thank you for watching listening and see you all soon bye bye